So as, as I was watching that video, I realized I think sometimes I don't put the shopping cart away, and I'm like, I'm that person. I'm the worst. Everyone's like, ah, I know everyone hates me now. Uh, well, hey, before we get started, I, I want to start our time together by, by looking at a verse from the book of Romans. Um, this is Romans 12, 16, and we're going to put it up on the uh, screen, and I want you to take a look at this. Here's what it says. Live in harmony with one another. And I want you to keep this verse in your head and keep thinking on it because uh, these next few weeks, this, is, this verse is at the heart of this series that we're starting today. Live in harmony with one another. Okay, so, so last March, as the pandemic was just sort of kind of rearing its, its head and we all started getting our minds around the idea of quarantine and, and living and being indoors with our families for a while. Do, do you remember that? It was, it was fun, right? Uh, I started doing some reading on, um, on hermits. And I, I did this because I, I, was, uh, I was jealous. See, at the start of quarantine, I had a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And work here at Crosswinds kind of changed a little bit. You know, we were no longer planning in-person experiences. And we were trying to figure out how to go to online experiences for, for our church. But my wife, Amy, her work sort of stepped up. And she was working from home also. And Amy has a job that requires her to have, like, Zoom meetings and phone calls with grown-ups and our kids can't just butt into them with like, I want yogurt or help me build this birdhouse. And so uh, sort of by default, I became the, the stay-at-home dad. But it, it was more like the get the kids out of the house dad in order for Amy to do her work and have grown-up conversations and meetings. So I would take my kids on, on walks around the neighborhood, and, and we would ride our bikes to the park. We'd go on hikes. They're so cute, right? I know. Uh, and sometimes we'd go downtown and, like, buy hot dogs and eat hot dogs downtown. And, and it was great, and we were just being together, and I loved it. But I realized something that was almost sort of sh kind of shameful, and that was this. Sometimes I like being alone. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Stand with me. We're going to print. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I wonder, if, if would you look at that statement and, and maybe kind of see that you felt that way sometimes? I mean, for me, I was really only recognizing that because I just didn't have a lot of alone time in that particular season. See, my daughters are, are very uh, naturally very verbal, outward processing kids. And so everything was, we were talking and about life and about this new thing we're doing and quarantine and are we ever going to see our friends again and and it was, it, was, it was just a lot. And I'm pretty good with conversations, but I just found out that after a week or so of just consistent like eight-hour days of, of talking and reasoning and engaging with these kids, I was getting a bit tired of being around people. My friend Will uh, calls it people fatigue. I like that term. Uh, it makes sense to me. So uh, I started telling Amy when we got to evening time, like, hey, before we start thinking about dinner and, and what our plans are for the evening, can I just go, like, take, like, a walk by myself, you know? And this was a new thing for Amy because I don't know if she's ever known me as, like, a solitary person, as a person who enjoys alone time. But the reality was I needed it. Did any of you experience this? For some of you, would you say that you experience this more than occasionally? I read this article around that same time, and uh, check it out. 
Check this guy out. Uh, his name is Mauro Morandi, and the article about him is titled, How One of the World's Last Hermits is Coping with Coronavirus. And it was fascinating. It talked about how Mauro, who is 81 years old, has lived alone in a stone college, co cottage uh, on the island of Budeli since July 1989, when a catamaran he'd been planning to sail to Polynesia broke down near the small island right here in the corner that, that, that sits between Sardinia and Corsica, right off the coast of Italy. See, Mauro uh, has lived on this island for like 30 plus years. And, and Mauro has committed to living a hermetic life. Uh, like supplies and food, they got sent to him regularly from, from the mainland via boat, but that's sort of it for any sort of human interaction. A few years ago, though, when the Italian government uh, installed Wi-Fi on the island, Mirandi got a cell phone, and he started an Instagram account that kind of showed life as a hermit. I'm not kidding, man. March 2020, I'm like, follow. Let's, I want to I I I know his life. And I was kind of like living vicariously through Mauro. Look at him. There was something so nice about his life. He would, he would post these, these beautiful photos of various flora and fauna, like there's like a little chicken in the corner there, that he was seeing on his daily walks around Budeli. He, uh, he would show us what he was reading. He would show us these like incredible sunsets on the Mediterranean Sea. He'd even post the occasional picture of himself. You gotta hand it to Instagram's translate feature. I don't speak Italian, so I clicked on it. It said, I don't like selfies. <laughs> Me neither. I get it, Mauro. Me neither. But, but looking at this forced me to think about why we do this. Why do we look at a life like this and why it might look good or even preferable sometimes? I mean, I love people. I love being around them. It's sort of my job. But I have to admit, Mauro sort of has it made because he can be himself at all times. I read a survey uh, last year about how people were uh, experiencing that transition to working at home in isolation versus the, like their previous experience in more traditional workplaces. And here's something someone said that just really stuck with me. Check this out. I would want to work with people if more people exactly like me. <laughs> That's true though, right? I mean, think about it. Th there are two situations in which you can just be you, all right? The first one is when you're alone in a room. When you're alone in a room, it doesn't matter how you speak or what you do, you can scream, you can swear, you can sit quietly by yourself, you can like ponder the great mystery of life. You can behave exactly how you want to. It's simple, right? The second situation is this. You can completely be yourself when all the other people in the room are exactly like you. Life works well when everyone is, is just like you. And, and you're probably a little like this too. I don't think it matters if you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you, you thrive by yourself or when you're in large groups of people. We naturally like the ease and the comfort of being by ourselves. 
or if not by ourselves, at least around people who are just like us. I had a friend who, who once had this perfect situation. See, she had a roommate, and this roommate was exactly like her. Like, they both enjoyed quiet time. They, they could sit and, and read a good book by themselves. If my friend started to, to feel that itch to, to maybe have a conversation with someone, she would venture out of her room, and she can almost guarantee that her roommate was probably feeling that itch too. Like, they could have their conversation, and they could move on. They both kept things clean. They had the exact same outlook on things like the thermostat and, and how much light should be on in the house at any given time. Basically, every possible thing they could argue or have disharmony on, they just didn't. And so for years, every roommate my friend had after that just sort of paled in comparison to this magical roommate, and she would talk about it. She said this once, life was so much easier when I lived and spent most of my time with someone who was just like me. I think it's worth kind of pointing out that I've never had a roommate like that. I once had a roommate, this is true, they had an iguana named Hookah, and Hookah lived in our shower. And, and he told me, he's like, you know, Derek, man, if, if you want to take a shower, just, just leave Hookah in there. Hookah, hookah likes water. This is our one shower. I was like, so you're telling me I'm never going to use this shower. I am showering at the gym. Great, cool, got it, thank you. But, but for a second, think about that statement. Life was so much easier when I lived and spent most of my time with someone who was just like me. You know what that's called? That's called unison. And as much as we love unison, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And that's what I want to talk about today as we kick off this series and, and look ahead to these next uh, five weeks on the art of getting along. What we're going to set out to discover in these next five weeks of exploring the art of, of getting along is that unison isn't that great. And not only is it not great, it's also not realistic. So if it's not great, for reasons that I'm gonna go into in a little bit. And if it's not realistic, if unison is not the likely outcome as we walk through this life and, and interact with all sorts of different types of people, what are we supposed to, to do about that? But, but first, can, can we talk about that word unison for a bit? It's an interesting word because it means one thing, but I think we fooled ourselves in thinking it means something completely different, all right? Since I'm preaching, I can do like that Latin thing where you go like, oh, let's break the word down. Unison comes from the Latin word meaning uni, meaning one, and sonus, meaning sound. And that's, that's true. That's not a huge reach, honestly. Makes sense, right? So unison literally means one sound. And in music, it still retains that meaning, right? Unison occurs when two or more people play or sing the same note. Same note, whether it's in the uh, same pitch or, or different octaves, uh, one goes high, one goes low, it's the same note. But, but here, here, check this out, hearing the word unison, it's actually easy to hear that word and think of the word unity. Those two words, they, they sort of sound alike. And it wasn't until I started working with a lot of vocalists and singers that I realized unison, just by itself, isn't that pleasing to the ear. You see, check this out. Unison isn't unity. 
Uh, I'm going to invite uh, my friends uh, Victoria and Kelly on stage. These are my friends Victoria and Kelly. Give me a hand. Um, I invited them up here with me because they are just two of the many incredible vocalists and worship leaders uh, here at Crosswinds that I enjoy singing with. And one of the things I love about singing with, with Victoria and Kelly is that we've sung together long enough uh, that we can hear a note that one of us is singing and immediately find harmonies for it. But, but I want you to hold that thought, okay? Hold that term harmony. I want you to set it aside because the first thing I need to do is show you what unison is. It's actually really easy in this example for us to practice unison. I'm going to give you a note, and you're all going to sing it. Go high, go low, don't care, just on that note. You guys ready? Everyone do this. Here we go. Ah, uh, no harmony, just ah. Uh, hear yourself. Uh, keep going, keep going. Ah, uh, boom. Okay. So that, yeah, you can give yourself a hand. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you sang a note for like five seconds. That's, that's great. Uh, that was easy, but I'm actually not sure if it was the most satisfying thing, though. And, and, and like, I think we would agree, it was also a little bit creepy, too, right? It's, it's weird. We did it out in the Grove this morning, and I, like, made a joke. I was like, it's giving me, like, Wicker Man vibes. We're all, like, in the woods going, ah. It's like, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. You, you might have felt like it was satisfying, but that's just because you have never been a part of a harmony. So I, I, we're going to teach you guys a three-part harmony, okay? So here's what we're going to do. So uh, we're going to split this room up. So right here, uh, stadium section on down, basically like that, okay? You guys are with me, and we're going to sing the first note. And then Vic has the middle. Vic has the middle right here, all right? And then and Kel, Kelby's over here, and you got this whole crew over here. And what we're going to do is um, we're going to, I'm going to give you a note, you're gonna sing it and you're gonna stop and then Victoria's gonna give her team a note, not team, group, we won't make this a competition, but, um, and, 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 and then Kelly's gonna give her group a note and we're, we're gonna do the note together in a little bit, but first let's, let's learn our note, okay? So you're on my team, group, sorry, here we go. Ah, uh, let me hear you. Boom, okay, already that's incredible, love that, all right. All right. Can, can we try something different? Because that was actually, I, I hate to say this, I think we did a little bit of unison there. Can we really go, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, there we go. Okay, all right. Yeah, everyone ready? All right, here's your big moment. You gotta do it long. And, and this group here, you have the harder part because you gotta hold your note while they all do their notes, okay? So here we go. Uh, and cut. Woo. Thank you. Give Victoria and Kelly a hand. You see, the, the reason I'm teaching you this is because I want you to appreciate how much skill it takes to sing. So next time, hold on. So next time you hear me like mess up on stage, none of you email me about it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, here's what I want you to grasp. Here's what I want you to, to walk away with today. And here's what I hope will inspire you to come back these next four weeks for this series. All right? Harmony is better than unison. See, we have this idea that unison is what we're after. I mean, it was easy for us to sing the same note, right? But it's a lot tougher for us to find people who have the exact same personality. 
the same hopes, the same fears, the same things that, that make us anxious or make us worried or scared. But, but we watched this video earlier of things that different people find annoying, and I agreed and I resonated with some of them, but, but others of those I just can't relate to. It would be very hard for me to find unison with all those people. And what's more, it would be impossible for us as a community to find unison with each other. And that's because we're different, all right? God created us different. God created us different with, with different personalities, different perspectives. And, and those different personalities and different perspectives, they require a different approach. Our design is different, and that requires something of us. Let's get back to that, that scripture we, we, we read earlier. The, the Apostle Paul is taking some time in the book of Romans to, to talk about how we're supposed to interact with each other when we find out that we're different. See, he spends a whole section of, of his letter in Romans. He's sending it to the church in Rome, and he's reminding them, and he's challenging them about what it looks like to be believers in a non-believing culture. You see, Rome, Rome was the center of the world at that point. It was huge. And historians tell us that, that Paul is actually writing this letter to, to many smaller groups of people throughout the city of Rome. That the church at this point in Rome wasn't super organized, and it was actually pretty decentralized. And, and here, what's more, he's writing to both Jewish and Roman converts to this new Jesus movement. And, and these are people who are trying to live in community with one another, even though their, their cultures, their backgrounds, their traditions are totally different from each other. And he's saying this as, as we get to, to this verse. He's saying, okay, let's go over what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this present time. And you know what he talks about? He talks about how we interact with each other. Let's take a look. We're going to start Romans 12, verse 3. For, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Next. For, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to, to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Skip a little bit down to verse 10, and here's what he says. He says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Then we go to verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Harmony. Ooh, I just learned about that, okay? All right, here's the kicker. Verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live in harmony. Live peaceably with everyone. Every type, every design, every person you meet the ones you understand, the ones who you can't figure out, everyone. You know, in our last series, we talked about being peacemakers and, and being salt and light, but, but when we talk about being in harmony, 
What if harmony isn't just about those things? What if it's about actual personalities? What if it's about the way we're designed? Paul, Paul's saying, there is an art to this thing, this idea of living in harmony, and it's something I need you to work on. I need you to sharpen this. See, you don't have the option of saying, I'll live in harmony. I'll dedicate myself to living peaceably with people who I get. People who aren't loud and boisterous from like the start of a conversation. Or I'm going to be in harmony with people who it is really easy to harmonize with. I got this friend, I got this roommate, and we like all the same things, so, so there you go. No. Paul says there is an art of getting along. There is a harmony and there's a peace I want you to practice. And guess what? It's not just about them, it's about you. As much as it depends on you, do it. Are they Jewish? Are they Roman? Do their traditions make sense to you? Do they talk and, and act like you? Do they reason and process the world like you? Are they designed the same as you? Or is their design so different from yours that it, it drives you crazy? Paul says, doesn't matter. Live peaceably with everyone. Pursue harmony with everyone. It's kind of hard right now, right? I mean, now more than ever. I deleted my Facebook last year. Had a good office. Started staying away from Instagram stories. I had to make that choice recently because it challenges my ability to live in harmony with everyone, with every type of personality, because so many people are not like me. They're designed wrong. And, and I'm designed right. No, I'm just kidding. But, but there are so many different personalities and different designs. And I'm the first to admit, I, I get this wrong. We started talking about this series, and I started talking about maybe me teaching the intro. I was like, yeah, sure, because I don't do this very well. I'm, I'm the king of... Let's just go back to my tribe. Let me cultivate an Instagram feed and a friend group and a life experience that only interacts with people that I can have unison with. It'll be easier. You see, here's the truth, and here's what I want you to get. We want to live in unison, but we're called to live in harmony. Let me say it again. We want to live in unison, we're called to live in harmony. You know, I, I, uh, I read this chapter, and I have to remind myself what harmony really is, at least in how Paul seems to be talking about it. You see, I, I think harmony has to be more than just the absence of outright conflict, all right? That, that's a low bar. We can do better than that. If that's all we're after, then we can train ourselves to stifle our opinions and keep a close eye on how we react to people outwardly. And that can be for us harmony, but, 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 but we know there's more to it, right? We know that, that living together in perfect harmony is way more complex than, than Stevie Wonder and, and Paul McCartney sitting side by side at a piano keyboard, right? It's more than the absence of conflict. It's embracing our, our diversity. It's embracing what makes us different. It's doing all that because we trust and believe that we're better off in the end because we've listened to each other. 
We've heard each other's stories. We've, we've processed each other's lived experiences. And, and we've come to recognize the ways we're created different. And we've come to recognize that we have to care enough to teach ourselves how to interact with different personalities. Think back to our harmony experiment. This group started singing the, the root note, and it was good. It was fine. It was all right. You guys, you guys, did, you guys did your job. It was great. All right, all right. But, but, but this group, we brought this group in with a different note, and, and, and your guys' notes like worked together. And you had to listen to each other to figure out if what you were doing was clashing or, or blending. But, it, but you put in the work and it became richer. It became fuller. And then we brought in the, the third group and they're singing an altogether different note. But it became richer. It, it became fuller, even more, even deeper. And by the end of our experiment, there were three distinct groups of voices, each singing different notes at the same time. And since the, the voices blended together and the notes complemented each other, and since you all took the time to commit to learning how to sing in harmony and learning how to listen to each other, it was stunning. It sounded great. Not only was the sound richer than it would have been had all three groups been singing like the root note in unison, it also didn't dissolve into a chaotic mess which could have happened had each of you completely done your own thing without, without taking each other's parts into account. You see, we, we, we make choices about this. We, we each make choices about whether or not we'll create space for others, for difference, for harmony. We choose whether we'll go it alone, like Maro on the island. We choose whether we'll let others in as long as they're designed just like us. Or we choose that we'll genuinely form community with others where we'll invest in each other and learn what we can do to help one another make it through. And that's what Paul was talking about when he was writing to the Romans. This Baptist minister I've been reading named Robin Bullen Anderson, she, she took those scriptures we read earlier and she restated them based off of the voice translation. And I loved reading this. Listen to this. Because of the grace I've experienced, I can say humbly to you, don't think of yourselves as more important than you are. Instead, use the, the good sense that God gave you to, to think differently than the world tells you to think. Think about how your actions affect other people not just yourself. God gave you all different gifts. You might think some of those gifts are, are better than others, but, but everybody's got a role to play. Together you can become and do so much more than any one of you can be or do alone. Root your, your gifts in love and use them in ways that build up the community. Resist the temptation to use your gifts in ways that, that hurt others. Instead, choose to love each other well, even when it's hard. Let the Spirit set your hearts on fire so that you can persevere through hard times, never letting go of hope and, and joy and patience. Take care of each other. This is the last part. I love this. Don't just look out for those close to you or even for other followers of Jesus, but, but go as far as to bless 
your enemies. Don't curse them. Try to have empathy by rejoicing with those who rejoice and, and weeping with those who weep. As much as it's up to you, try to find unity, living in harmony with each other, making peace whenever it's possible. See, depending upon which English translation of the Bible you and me read, there are as many as, as 30 imperatives, 30 commands, 30 directives in these verses. That's as many as 30 requests. And that's how we know that being in community and loving each other well requires action. That's how we know that the art of getting along requires action. It requires intentionality. Paul says, love, hold fast, serve, rejoice. Paul says, be patient, persevere, share, extend hospitality. He says, bless, weep, live in harmony, make peace. Live in harmony, make peace. See, as, as Simone was saying earlier, it's not an accident that we're, we're diving into this series, The Art of Getting Along, right as the holidays are starting. Because this time of year where it can become really easy to not love, to not bless, right? To, to seek out others who will allow us to, to live in harmony or allow us to live in unison, not harmony. Or to self-isolate so that unison and like-mindedness is all we get. You see, these next four weeks, we're going to be spending time looking at, at different personality types. And we've identified four unique people in the Bible that we think represent four different types of personalities that, that we're going to run across in our life. And we're going to look at them together and see what they tell us about getting along with the people around us. And as we spend each week diving into each personality type, you're going to identify each of these weeks, some of you will look at a certain personality type that we're talking about and go, yep, that's me. But even more importantly, you're going to say, yep, that's my spouse. That's my parent. That's my friend. That's my coworker. That's the person that, for whatever reason, I am in close personal contact with. I'm sitting around a Thanksgiving table with them. I'm going to be spending more time over the the holidays with them. There, there's a project at work we need to get done by the end of the year, and we're going to be working closer together. And I don't know how to create harmony with them, but I realize that living like Jesus and living a healthy life is demanding that I figure it out. Would it be easier if they were just like you? Sure. Possibly. But, but it's inevitable. You will be in close contact with people whose personalities seem to be in direct contrast to yours. And, and, and I got to tell you, Crosswinds, God's plan for you is not to self-isolate. And it's not to run back to the tribe that knows you and thinks like you and feels things like you. It's to make harmony as much as it depends on you. So will you pray with me? Can we stand together and pray? And, and as you're doing that, before we pray, can I ask something of you? Would you make an attempt to be present and part of this conversation these next four weeks as we walk through this series? I'm just so sure of it that this is something we need. And this is something that the people we live with and work with and walk through life with will need from us. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for making us different with different designs, at different things that trigger our anger or our sense of justice, different personality types that make us act and respond differently. 
We believe that it's your will, your design for all of us, that, that we practice the art of finding peace and harmony with everyone as much as we can. And for some of us, that, that's going to be easy because that's how you created us. But for some of us, it's going to require different ways of thinking and interacting, and it's going to be a challenge because everything good and worth doing is. So, God, these next four weeks, will you capture our hearts and our minds and bring us closer to you? And in that, would you draw us closer to each other so we can begin pursuing the sort of peace and the sort of harmony that you've designed us to live in? And all God's people said, amen. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.